0: what's going on everybody welcome back to another episode of the daily groomer podcast i'm joined today by none other than miss shannon and shannon how do i say your last name whinings
1: whinings roberts yes you got it
0: whinings roberts all right so thanks for joining us here shannon um really appreciate it i met you at The Hershey Groom Expo and your energy um, was enough to move to the top of my list of people I need to talk to. Um, So give us a little background, Shannon. I mean, who the heck are you?
1: Let's go, right? What do you mean you don't know me already? Uh, No, (laughs) it was great meeting you also, but your energy as well. And I think that's the reason why we melded so well. Um, So my name is Shannon Wennings Roberts. I own a mobile dog grooming service called For the Love of Dogs here in Virginia. I am also completely and utterly 100% social media whore. Um, I give them what I got, and I don't hold anything back. Uh, people call me Miss 100 for a reason. I definitely keep it one-hun-done. Um, I feel like there's no other way, you know what I mean? So thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Um, if you don't know me, you're about to get to know me now. So ask all the questions apartment. you want. I'm over here.
0: Yeah, easy, easy. Okay, cool. So what I want to do, Shannon, is I want to start from the beginning. Obviously, now you are Miss 100, especially in the dog grooming space um, and mobile grooming in particular. You know, we're seeing a huge rise there. But before we get to any of that, I want to get how you got into this. Like, how the heck did you become who you are today? Um, you know, we don't need to go back to birth, but what what got you into grooming in the first place?
1: Okay. So one sentence, um, I owned a Shetland sheepdog growing up, right? so like my mom you know wasn't exactly a dog person um i was so the grooming was kind of my job and i had no idea what i was doing all right so the people who come to me now i'm like oh my god i really just need your help i definitely know why i sat for four hours combing my own dog i mean many 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 times uh so i was always with the animals i consider myself a miss doolittle type of character um i definitely talk to my dogs and talk to dogs way more than i talk to humans um and it's much better conversations sometimes as well i mean no offense but <laughs> no uh, we we really just it's always been a thing with me and animals um i was going to be in the veterinary field i tried it out didn't like it um did okay. a lot of other things and came back to mobile grooming and fell in love and that is how i started my you know career as a mobile dog groomer it was uh literally a, a an article in the paper in 2003.
0: that's awesome do you still have yeah. that paper or no
1: no surely do not i'm not one of those sentimental types sorry, sorry.
0: <laughs> that's that's awesome that's awesome so you started in mobile dog grooming which i feel like is backwards for most people that are in the mobile grooming space now um so tell us i mean how how did you you saw it in the paper you were grooming your your own dog yourself okay how did you how did you you learn about it yeah you kind you kind of skipped all the meat sorry
1: i'm not good at this all right (laughs) right, let me go back so groomed my own dog my neighbor was a show handler for uh, bernie's mountain dogs right so i learned a little bit about the show industry right sure sure i started in the vet field in the 90s um you know i started working with pets in 95 i was a pet sitter so i worked I basically scooped shit. All right. That's what I did. I scooped the poops. You know what I mean? Everybody's going to start somewhere. Um, I learned that I was really great at handling animals in that atmosphere when they're under a lot of stress and when they're visibly upset or angry or aggressive. Um, I was the one that everybody would call to handle the dogs. It was just my job. And so that's where my, you know, pet industry started. Um, I then worked for veterinary hospitals, two or three of them. In which I worked in the boarding, in the medical fields part, I assisted in surgeries. I did all that stuff before you had to have a license, um, <laughs> right? Like you know, before we were official. But um, and right. I also assisted in the grooming, so I learned to bathe and prep okay. a dog before I actually learned mobile grooming. So I had been in the salon, but I had I've never ever in my career worked in a salon where there was sixty dogs a day and six groomers. You know, I, I've just never right. been in that. Just turn them out. Right. No right. right. Yeah. You... Groomers love you too.
0: <laughs> no, that's awesome. Okay. So did you have like a did you go to a school? I know you said no certifications and stuff like that. But you were kind of self-taught in the grooming space.
1: Absolutely. Um, I mentored under Nancy Joe, which was the person who taught me mobile grooming. She actually taught me my scissoring skills. And just like a lot of people in the grooming industry, it's kind of like handed down um there was a right. nationally certified mom um groomer you know um national dog groomers association certified groomer in our area she taught Nancy Nancy taught me um but I bathed and prepped for years before I even touched shears so it was a process you know what i mean it was yeah you put it you
0: put in your due process. yeah yes
1: yeah. <laughs> for
0: sure <laughs> No, that's awesome. Okay. So you finally become a groomer. Are you working for Nancy Joe at this point?
1: Yes, sir. Absolutely. Um, I started yeah. in 2003. I worked for her for a couple years. She taught me the in you know, the finish, right? She taught me the right. finish sure. part of the groom and yep. um, her scissoring skills were great. I love her very much. She's a very special person to me. I'll cry. Um, she also taught me though, how to not price customers and i love you nance but it's true and it's great because i have a different mentality when it comes to my worth and it's not ego or arrogance it's
0: experience i like that yeah. no i like that and that's something i do want to dive into well uh, let's let's save it for a sec because i feel Church. like that is one of the the biggest differences right now is the education between what you should be charging and what you are charging Um, And a lot of it ties down to exactly what you're thinking is self-worth and what is your time worth. Um, But let's save that for a sec. Okay. So you're working for Nancy Joe as a, as a groomer. When do you finally take that step? um, And, you know, kind of kick the can start on your own. Yeah.
1: So honestly, it was a process of elimination. Really. Um, I actually quit mobile grooming when I was pregnant with my first, uh, when my kid Charlie went with my first son. Um, I quit because I didn't have I didn't have any insurance. I I wasn't able to. You know, I was single and I was gonna have a baby. All right. (laughs) So this was some serious shit. Like I had to make sure I could go to the doctor. You know what I mean? And I told sure, sure. (laughs) You know, no hard feelings. I love you. You know what I mean? Do what you got to do. So I actually quit mobile grooming and worked for a car dealership. Um, I have a lot of car background. Of it's I'm, I'm. I like cars. I like cars. I'm a girl. That is
0: awesome. But um, is yeah, awesome. I was
1: an internet manager for them for a few years in between. So I took a good six or seven years off of grooming. Um, I didn't groom professionally. I actually raised my kids. Um, I stayed home. I raised my kids. I homeschooled them until a certain amount of time, you know, what I mean, until they went into the public school system. And so I opened my own mobile grooming salon in 2011. But I want to mention this because I think this is very important as far as my business. Before I opened my own salon, I was—I um, I know you don't believe me, Alex, but I am not a naturally confident person, right? Like growing up, no. I was not. I didn't ever have it, There's right? No way. Now I'm telling you that I swear. I was so quiet. So We're talking regular.
0: about different people here, Shannon.
1: <laughs> I know, right? But I didn't. I wanted to make sure that I was going to be good. You know what I mean? Like I matter of fact, what I wanted to do is I wanted to prove to Nancy that after the years I had taken off that I would be good enough to take over her clientele when she retired. That's what I wanted to do. Good
0: enough. Good enough from a business perspective. Yes, good enough sir. from a grooming perspective. Okay, from right. a business perspective. So so diving in on that, I mean, do you think working at that car dealership helped you with confidence with selling with business stuff? Or do you think that no. was just a waste?
1: Uh, no, I was just insurance. You know what I mean? That was just, uh, I mean, <laughs> congratulations to them. They had me for a couple of years, you know, because I'm a great person on the phone. Oh my God. Oh, absolutely. Jeez. Um, But no, I, I do feel like what made me do it was, honestly, it was, listen, I, I was going through a lot of personal things at the time as well. I was in of a course, marriage that was, Whoa. Insane. like, when I told my husband, I was going to start a mobile grooming service, he was like, Oh my God. So you're going to stop going to school for, cause I was getting a business degree at the time at home. And he was like, you're going to stop going to school for business to wash dogs asses. And I was like, If you want to put it that way, yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I am actually.
1: So really I'm kind of like a revenge person. I'm like, oh, so (laughs) you tell me I can't do something, I'm gonna shove it so hard in your face that you're gonna regret ever saying that to me. Um, I love
0: that. I love that. And you know, you know that 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 drives you. Yes, Yes, yes. exactly. So I called me like,
1: look, I was like, I want your customers when you retire. I'm gonna work for you for free. She was like, You don't have to work for free. I was like, No, after that, I'm working for free. I'm gonna work all the customers that would even have my service, right? And show you what I can do.
0: And when you were working for her for free, you were back in her vans grooming and running some of the business functions? Or tell us, you know, when when you jumped back in, what exactly were you kind of put, put to do? Because she was still there.
1: Sure, yeah, she was still working in the area. So what I was doing was I was basically setting up to take over when she retired, right? Got
0: but it wasn't yeah.
1: like a, an official day. Right? So I was I just like
0: whenever she does it.
1: Yeah. So I, <laughs> I go on Craigslist, I find a van, right? It was yeah. the most ridiculous it was a <laughs> it was a nineteen ninety four, I think, ninety-six, G10. It was an A team van. And I know you're too young to know what an A team van is. You're gonna have to do your research, sir. No, I, but- I know
0: A Team Vans. How did you how did you even know what to look for though when you were there on work looking through Craigslist?
1: Well, this is Craigslist, like, 2010, right? So everything was Craigslist. So the Mecca. Yeah, yeah like, it wasn't like Facebook Marketplace, you know what I mean? Right, um, so right, I basically just searched and searched, and I was asking everybody on Facebook as well. And somebody on Facebook had said, hey, I saw a van on Craigslist in North Carolina. And I was like, oh, I'm close to North Carolina. Girl, I'll drive halfway across the country. I need a van. You know what I mean? So yeah, I sure, there, sure, sure. Uh, we pick it up. It was a... It was wild. It was a, I literally threw my shoulder out, closing the sliding door on this van. I mean, it was an old ass van, <laughs> but it had a full top. It had a table. I had to redo some oh, stuff. I did it myself. So it was I already. have a background and in interior work. So I've done, you know, I've taken cars of art of course. Right. So yeah. In mobile grooming, you will learn very quickly that you are also a plumber, an electrician, a floor layer, a carpenter, you're everything. And you have to figure it out. I was going to
0: say, yeah, you're part handyman, part dog yeah. groomer, part business owner when you own a mobile Seriously. grooming shop.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Okay, so so it was, it was a little bit fitted, but you still had to kind of go back in and retrofit a whole bunch of things. Um, And and where did you learn how to do that? Was that just life skills or were there, obviously there weren't like books or courses about how to retrofit a van for dog
1: grooming? (laughs) It was already kind of done. Um, Really, I called and went to, we have a camping place near us. Um, It was called Dixie. It's called something else now for, you know, racial reasons. Ridiculous. But anyway, squirrel, this is my life. But uh, the, the guy over at Dixie helped me out a lot. I actually contracted him to help me. I kind of like, hey, by the way, guy, I have a mobile grooming van. You probably don't know what the hell that is, but can you just come look at it and tell me what to do? You know what I mean? Um, sure. And so he would give me helpful suggestions in which I would take, um, but it really wasn't a whole lot of detailed work, just just cutting some flooring. Um, I had some, pipe, uh, some plumbing done to make sure I, I disconnected this, they had a weird like, I don't do a shampoo system. I know, fight me, but whatever. I had to disconnect that. But overall, it was very easy to get it up and running. And $2,500 okay. later, I was a mobile dog grooming business. You know what I mean? Like, it, it was no money. I, I didn't pay any, less than $5,000, I was up and running.
0: But I mean, even with that, you spent time to go find it. You, you drove oh, out yeah. there and actually got it. You, you spent time to, to refit it and, you know, $2,500. I mean, $2,500 is still a lot when you're working for free. And so there it were sucks. all these resources that did go into it. I mean, tell yeah. me about your, if you can if you can think back to it, were you confident that buying another van was going to work or were you just kind of sending it? Like, what was the mindset there?
1: So when I bought my first van or my second?
0: Your first, your first.
1: I was scared as hell. I'm not gonna lie. I was freaking petrified. You told me I can't say the F-word, so I gotta be careful. Um, <laughs> I was, I was freaking, I was, yeah, it was scary. Um have you ever been like in front of a public event and there's this feeling of anxiety where it starts on the inside and it feels like you're kind of shaking from inside out?
0: 100%. And it feels like that you don't belong there a little bit.
1: Oh, my God. It's so terrifying. It's almost like you're an alien and everything around you doesn't make any sense. And you're wondering how yeah. in the hell you got there. Um, yeah. I remember standing in the lady's garage that was selling the van. And I, I was like having an out-of-body experience like... I'm about to be a legit business owner. Like that's a big deal.
0: Um, It is a big deal, yeah. And it seems intimidating, right? Especially with like that fear factor that many people aren't used to. Especially stepping out on your own for the first time. It's like, is this going to work? Like I'm putting in a lot of time and money into this thing. This it's not easy.
1: Backstory: My mom is an entrepreneur. My mom that I'm I'm adopted. So uh, the person who adopted me and raised me, my mom. Um, She is a entrepreneur, she's owned a small business. My dad who passed away in 2001, um, he owned a small business. He was with State Farm, so he owned his own business under there as well. I've seen the deal, right? I know the 24 seven workaholic deal. Right, right. However, honey, that's not what I signed up for. Right. I'm not gonna do that to my kids. I love my mom, she did her best, congratulations. But she worked her fingers to the bone 25 eight. And in business in setting up my business i was very um how do i say Mm. (laughs) i was very confident in in myself that i was gonna make it i didn't have a i didn't have a thought that i wouldn't do it i just had a thought of how i was gonna get to where i wanted to go because i knew starting out that the prices weren't right i
0: already knew that was the key insight going into this that kind of helped your confidence that okay hey if i can fix the pricing i know we can make this thing work i mean it sounds like you were you were already you are aware of what you know going out on your own in this entrepreneurship Mm -hmm. looks like from your parents right um i'm curious how did you avoid you know you you made it a big point that like i'm not going to work 25 8. but you still are the business owner that has to build a successful business from scratch and so how do you avoid that that burnout and falling back into that trap
1: So this is a very good question, Alex, and this is something that I'm actually looking into um, doing a a lot more talking about this coming year. Groomer burnout is a thing. It's crazy. It's so difficult for me. Well, I don't know if you've been in the news, but this Atlas situation with the groomer killing the dog has just happened last week, and in Oklahoma, yeah, and you know. I don't know if you, we haven't known each other long, right? I'm live on TikTok all the time. And I always say the thing, the one thing that I always say about grooming is it is never the dog's fault. Ever. I can have a dog trying to rip my throat out. It's not the dog's fault. Right. Dogs are emotional, energetic creatures that run off of the energy that is around them. So if they've been around a certain energy for a number of years, a number of months, a number of minutes, right. There's always a way to change that, but regardless, it is a dog. It's not their fault. So for a groomer to physically harm a dog like that, um, listen, I'm very adamant about my space. I am very passionate about dogs. My The name of my business is for the love of dogs. Okay. Right. Like, we literally do this it's in the name <laughs> for the love of dogs, right? Like it couldn't be any more freaking obvious. But right, if you don't like it, don't do it. And groomer burnout is so prevalent. The reason why, and I'll tell you why. It is because we love it. It is because we take responsibility for the dogs. It is because we as groomers cannot say no. We want to groom every dog. We want to help every person, even if it's a weird dog person. I know you guys think we're weird dog people. And we are, and you should be grateful, but the 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 burnout comes from constantly, always trying to be everything for everyone at every time. And it's really honestly just the hearts of groomers that does it. And there is an easy fix. It is called mentality.
0: Okay. You have to Explain. train
1: your mentality. How? Uh, by starting off right. So you see savvy on my shirt. We talked about savvy at the place. I've only had savvy software for a few months in my business. I was literally paper and pen. I was very adamant. I was very old school. Like I never wanted to not write it down. What I'm telling new groomers is that you need something that's going to help you present yourself as the most professional groomer you can be. We're at a loss groomers because we're not regulated. And people are like, oh, you get away with, no, cut that shit out. I'm not interested in that. We don't get away with anything if we're good business owners. It's about us being able to regulate ourselves. Because if you start a business and you take every single dog, oh, it's so difficult for me to talk about it. So I'm going to cry. You're going to make me cry. Uh, <laughs> when you start oh, yeah, out. When you come across very professional, you are giving your customers something to go off of. For example, if you're my (laughs) new customer and the very first thing I do is ask you what you want me to do. This is the mentality part. If I ask you first to tell me what you want me to do, I am giving you control. Right. With my clientele, instead of asking them what they want, I tell every single person, I'm like, look, I'm pretty sure I know what you want from what your dog looks like. If it's something drastically different, you know, please let me know, but let me do my thing. I got this. Let me groom your dog. I guarantee you're going to like it. If you don't, I'd like for you to take notes over the next four weeks about what you don't like, what you see, what you don't see, write it down, text me, whatever you gotta do and I'll fix it on the upswing, right? I'll fix it when I come back in. Amazing.
0: Amazing. And what, what is the key there for you maintaining control versus the customer maintaining control? Is it is it just as simple as, you know, the frame is set where now you own the environment, everything is under control with you. You don't have someone on the outside telling you how to do your yes. job. Is that what it is?
1: It's a serve, it's mentality. It is a service mindset, right? Okay. Uh, when I first started my business. I took all over Nancy's customers. Right. Nancy was charging Mm -hmm. $55 flat rate. This is 2011. Right. She was charging $55 across the board. She didn't take dogs over 40 pounds, so she didn't have any other fees. It was just 55 bucks, everybody. Right. Okay. Uh, When I started my business, she hadn't retired yet and I calculated what I needed to make and I needed to make $75 a dog. So my Starting rate for dogs under 20 pounds, right, was $75. And
0: yeah. <clears throat> I remember cost based pricing.
1: Right, right. And I remember her calling me. She was pissed. She was like, Shannon, you are raping these people. My clients are used to paying $55. And I was like, Nance, they're not your clients anymore. All right. Number one, thank you very much, but we'll be okay. I have formulated a plan where her customers would start off paying $65 and then they would go up $10 six months later. Listen, I'm not a snob. I'm not a, you know, crazy honey, mo- uh, honey mongery. Look at that money hungry. Right. I'm not, that's, not that's me. a
0: new one. Right? Yeah. Right. You're, but- you're not doing this so you can go buy the Ferrari. That's not why you're raising up the prices to be 75 versus 55. It's, it's, and I bet you're about to explain this here. That's it's your time. It's what it's worth. Me. It's, it's, right. It's how your business works.
1: Right. That's, that's how you're going to get me and my service. Right. And you right. will never know as a client what my service entails until you hire me. Right. right. It's, it's, you it's see for yourself. Yeah. I, I hear this all the time. I couldn't possibly charge that amount of money in my area. That's not true. There is a person in everybody's area that's going to be dedicated to their dog. We don't have to service the people who don't fit in our parameters.
0: My I love parameters. that. Especially, especially right now where there is so much demand for yeah, groomers, yeah. you can set the price regardless of where you're at. There's always going to be a market okay. for what you're looking for.
1: Agreed. If you're willing to be a professional front, right, to stand your professional ground. I like See, that. this is the thing. I like that. There's a lot of flea market vibes, right? Yeah. That's what I like yeah, to yeah. call it. The flea market vibes, right? <laughs> I
0: love that. I love where that. They're yeah. Like,
1: Oh, I love your service, but ah eh, 125 can we get it down to? Yeah, no baby. Uh, that's the fee, right? <laughs> that's cute. that's cute, but no cigar. Um,
0: right. and so I want I want to stop you there too because I think that is one of the most underlooked parts of this whole thing. You can afford to charge more if you just make sure you're you're doing a few things. and one, it, it goes back to the professionalism. you have a software that runs your business so that you look, and you present yourself like a professional business. Number exactly. two, you avoid paving in to the flea market vibes, especially when there's a cute little puppy at your door with a ever so you know, puppy eye owner who is begging you to lower the price. For everyone that you fold, you kind of lower this professionalism a little bit more that is negating away from the prices that you could be
1: charging. Very, very true and well put, that is exactly right. And the other thing that you need to do is realize that it is really all about the pet. If you make it about anything other than the dog when you're working, you're just ruining it. You know what I mean? You're just ruining it. Yeah. Yes, it has to be business with the owner, but it has to be complete and utter energy exchange with the dog. And a lot of groomers miss that because they are worried about quantity and not quality. Over quality.
0: And do you think that has to do with the pricing? Yes, yes. (laughs) That's beautiful. That's beautiful. So tell me this too. I mean, you are not only, you know, kind of, as we talked about before, a business owner, but you also groom as well. And, and you know, with the business owner, there's 50 different hats in its own, right? You know, oh, yeah. client That's management, a marketing, all sorts of stuff. So how do you switch that hat? You know, let's call it off when you are, right, you've met me, you've taken my dog now, now you're going to groom my dog. You just said, you've got to focus all your attention on that dog so that there's a good aura pass in with the energies yeah. between you two. How do you switch that hat?
1: It has to be something that is natural. It, 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 I, its nothing that you can be taught. It can't be taught.
0: It, okay. it can't be
1: taught. It has to be a feeling. You just
0: broke a lot of people's hearts.
1: Sorry, uh, but I can tell you this: <laughs> the more you focus your energy on that, like just understanding that you don't have to be the best groomer to charge the prices that you think the best groomers are charging i know the best groomers in the industry and i know what they charge so don't worry about who's doing what worry about the dog that you're putting out listen i say this all the time i didn't start my business to be the cheapest i started it to be the best
0: right the best the best business too the best business not not just the best groomer the best business
1: the best i'm not the best groomer alex
0: Right. And I love that. And I love that. I love, I love the awareness too, because I think another good, another, not even good, another great pushback to the, I can't raise my prices because of the area. I can't raise my prices because I'm not the best yet. And and what you're saying right now is you don't have to be the best to have the highest prices.
1: You don't, but if you think in your mind, so like, look, 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 no, I'm not the best, but hold on. (laughs) I'm pretty damn good. (laughs) I'm pretty damn good. Right. It's because I focus. uh, So there's a, there's something going on in my mind every time I groom. Right. Not right, only cause right. I'm live as well. So I'm teaching as well while I'm grooming a lot now, but back in the day okay. when I just started, there was no live videos, right? You weren't you weren't streaming right. live all 24 to seven, right? It was me and the oh, dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. what I focused on, and this is a, I think this is a good tip. What I focused on as a, as a, as a mobile groomer and not as a new groomer or an experienced groomer even, I wanted, <laughs> this sounds so pathetic, but it's true. I wanted every single dog to have their best groom with me that, that doesn't mean the best looking groom it also means the callbacks that i got after the grooms when the customers called me back and we're like wow my dog is so relaxed right now like usually has to go through a like a decompressing, you know decompressing period but yeah it's i want it to be the best experience and that's right. why i put all the energy into it because it does matter
0: no, I love that. I love that, too. And and that's even a you know a little mental thing that it sounds like you go into each groom with is, you know what? I might not be the best groomer if I were to compare myself to every groomer in the world. But if I were to compare myself to the groom that this dog has received in his past, I know I can do that. I can be the number one. I, yes. I can give this dog the number one groom it's ever received.
1: Even I like that that mental focus was from me.
0: Right. Right. No, I love that. It's always, how can I be better than yesterday or from the last? Exactly. Um, you know, and one thing I'm thinking about is we're talking about all this pricing stuff. So let's say we have someone listening to this that, you know, maybe they've used the typical pushback of location or, you know, not being the best groomer. And maybe you've convinced them that, okay, they can raise their prices. How, how do you recommend going about someone actually raising their prices?
1: It's so simple. Uh, well, number one, you have to have savvy. All right. Let's get everybody savvy. Number one. Because the Savvy <laughs> software system, it literally is formulated by developers, but we've tweaked it from grooming from the groomers. Like groomers work in Savvy, and that's why I use it. I've had all kinds of other software; it didn't work for me. I was like, I, I paid for another software for a year. I paid seventy bucks a month for a year and never used it. Like that's me. I not always. Yeah, you're
0: paying kind of and favorite. pay for it. Yeah, we are <laughs>
1: honest, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Yep. But when you have Savvy raising prices is something that they're going to expect so typically when people talk about raising prices right they take it personally again alex this is a business right well what i like to say is when you meet your customer be your most professional self you can f around and and be friends later because my people will listen i've had clients give me thousands of dollars my clients are like my family you feel me? Right, I'm Auntie right. Shannon. Yeah. You know what I mean. I am not the groomer, <laughs> right? Like sure. they cook me bre- they cook me breakfast, lunch, and dinner. They're, yeah, like
0: their kids are subscribed right. to you on live. Like they're—they're right. they're all over it. Yeah, right.
1: like they are my family. I love them.
0: Yeah, but yeah, they yeah. know
1: my business first,
0: sure. and my business. You know is, you're professional and that you're a businesswoman absolutely. that also happens to be their friend.
1: Abs- that also happens to be a crazy dog person that will do anything for you and your right. dog. But the, the point nice, is right. that the, the, parameters have to be set, right? My, my schedule is right. four weeks. That's it. There's only a few dogs that go six weeks on my schedule. That's when I decide they go six. Right.
0: So tell me about that. Why, why four weeks versus six?
1: It's a maintenance service. Listen, being yeah, a groomer for I this many it. years, I understand, you know, that maybe there's groomers out there that want to groom a dog that hasn't been groomed in two months, I groom for the, not me, but it's because I groom for the relationship. If anybody out there who's a groomer that is listening to this podcast, I would like for you to look at the relationships you have with each of these types of dogs. Four week, uh, let's start with two week dogs. Two week dogs, four week dogs, six week dogs, and eight week dogs. Because I've had customers go from two weeks to four weeks and from four weeks to six weeks before, right? I don't do eight, it's just not my thing, but. No, no offense, and you can do what you want. The point is this: I don't like doing nails more than six weeks. I like nail clips six week and under. This is my business; I can make the rules, right? I can make rules that I only do dogs every two weeks if I want. I mean, people will lose their mind, but I'm just saying it's possible. But the reason right. me personally is because the monthly relationship. Is more copacetic to my business and my energy than anything else. When I see dogs I monthly, like that. we're able to have a great relationship. They still might not like the grooming process, right? But they love me.
0: They know Auntie Shannon.
1: They love Auntie Shannon. Yeah, and that exactly. and I like the groom. I like that process because it's easy. Listen, we shouldn't make our jobs harder. I just saw somebody ask online the other day, what would you charge for a <laughs> samoyed that comes in every six months that has impacted coat and blah blah, blah. i was like well I, easy zero it wouldn't be my client
0: <laughs> <laughs> they're not getting in my doors
1: <laughs> never even have to worry about that
0: <laughs> next question <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's, uh, nice right i mean love you sorry yeah. for you um yeah. <laughs> but it's it's so true we do a lot for that's these hard customers that don't do a lot for right. us
0: oh 100 percent, and it and it seems like too it's like yeah. You value the customers and you value what they want. But at some point, when do you look in a mirror and value what you want? And I, and I love that I you are so blaringly confident about this, that, you know, like you said, it's like, these are my rules. These are my rules. If they don't comply, they don't have to come here. I will not take their money if they do not fit under my rules. And I think, but, hey. I think there is this like, Go ahead. there's this fear, there's this fear from new groomers and maybe groomers right. in general that haven't raised prices or haven't set rules that their customers will leave or that they won't make any more money? How would you, I mean, I know it's hard to recommend how to get around that fear, but is it really just like a try it and see?
1: Yeah, this is is a perfect conversation for us. So, like I said, I'm not a naturally confident person. I didn't grow up with somebody always saying, hey, you're the best, you know what I mean? I always grew up with take a little weight off the ass and stop smoking, right? That's what, that was me, right? I mean, just being honest, that's, it was not a, Oh, you're the princess. You know what I mean? It was like, you better work hard sure. to get to where you need to go, buddy. You know, sure, so, sure. <laughs> right. So it, it wasn't like, and I'm not saying anything negative about how I was raised. I'm just saying yeah, that yeah, yeah. confidence comes from consistency. Okay. And all I can say is this, and this is from the late great Dethi Lee, who just passed away on Saturday, one of my mentors. She always said this, she said, the way to boost your confidence is to always do what you say you're gonna do, especially when you say it to yourself.
0: I love that. I it's love that. It's so true. Especially when, when no one's watching and it's just yes. you. I mean, that's how you it's form these habits too. It's you're saying to
1: yourself, right? Because right. you right. guys know that 85% of your, of your monologue is with yourself.
0: It's internal. It's all it internal. It is,
1: it's inside there, right? That's the crazy, you're, you're
0: right. It's all. Yeah, it's it's all your internal dialogue. What are you saying to yourself? Because that's who you're talking to all day.
1: If you say you cannot charge, I, I have a there's a TikTok on this that people just love it. And I was like, if you say you can't make more than seventy five dollars, then you have told yourself, and it is the truth. What you tell yourself right. is the truth because you make your reality what you want it to be. So, I I, the so, so, to so so sum up, had, she said, "When's your first appointment?" I was like, "Hold on, let me look in my book." I didn't know how many appointments.
0: <laughs> I, I love none. that. I love that. I love that. And, and you know, that kind of ties into the professionalism too. It's like, you know, people people want to feel like they go to someone that's wanted. So you present yourself like you're wanted, whether that's through confidence, whether that's through rules, pricing, yes. anything like that.
1: Availability is a big one.
0: Right. Groomers always want to get them in as
1: soon as possible. <clears throat> oh my God. Yeah, I can get you in right away. No, sir, Bob, no.
0: Right. Subconsciously, then I'm thinking this groomer is not that wanted. Yeah.
1: Right. You have to wait. You have to wait. And I'll tell people, I'll be like, listen, I actually have an opening tomorrow. Yeah. Don't you go telling people because not everybody can get in. Right. So if you want to do it, you can, but you have to make it a mental thing. There's got to be a time, every time you talk to your clientele, you have to be mentally aware of where you're putting them. Right. Because groomers in general, maybe it is just the assertiveness. You know what I mean? Cause I'm not scared to be assertive and I'm also not scared okay. to tell somebody no, no is a complete sentence. If anybody didn't know that, are you available? No. Okay. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's one word and a period that's it. You don't owe anybody an explanation.
0: I love that. Yeah. Again, and that goes back to self-worth and that internal dialogue that you tell people or that you tell yourself is that, Hey, I am wanted. I do not have to take everyone at their beck and call, especially for, for cheap pricing.
1: And I guarantee you, Alex, if we did an interview of people that have experienced groomer burnout, which I'm really looking into this, I'm, I'm excited. But if you did an interview, I would guarantee that it started with that. I can't do this anymore. I can't take this anymore. I can't do this. This excuse is, this is killing me. I know that's it's, what,
0: it's that internal dialogue, right?
1: With. Yeah, because right. it there's starts only with that so and, and... much. Everybody can take really, but is it mm-hmm. really, or is that just words that you've told yourself? Because I mean, I've taken yeah. a lot, and I haven't been no, put right. down yet. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, words are very. No, you're powerful. You're right.
0: You're right. Words are very powerful. So, so one thing I wanted to jump in yeah. on. Um, The, you know, mobile versus salon. Salon grooming, you're with a lot more people, obviously, at at all times, you're with a lot more dogs, you're with a lot more people, et cetera. mobile grooming, it is really, it's just you. It's a lot, a lot of times, right?
1: It's a lot, yeah right
0: so tell me tell me about that i mean you know maybe some of the major differences between the two if i'm missing anything and and maybe like kind of some of the different approaches because you've obviously been in salons as as you're talking about here but you've never you know your full time is is running this mobile grooming so tell me kind of about the differences and kind of how you've learned to approach them
1: i honestly you know mobile grooming is a concierge service and i feel like people now know that like back when I started mobile grooming and you know, in 2003 through like 2012, that area, it was just coming around more, you know, mobile grooming started in the eighties. Nobody knew what it was. And since COVID everybody wants a mobile groomer. And for me, so the only experience I have, honestly, I haven't worked in a real, real big salon. The only experience I had was I was looking into buying a salon. Um, a few years back and just because of the overflow it was in 2018 and um oh my god my cat really talks right now <laughs> animals are always all over anyway um i looked into buying a salon and so she was giving me a tour right of the salon mm-hmm. and you know i'm going back through the kennels and there are like stacks and stacks and stacks and stacks of kennels right i'm getting freaking anxiety i'm like Right. You know what I mean? There's dogs,
0: in the doggy jail,
1: he like, you know, there's like, I'm so trauma, such a princess. Like I'm such a mobile princess. Yeah. Right. And I'm walking right. through and she gets to the area where all the groomers are grooming and you know, there's six or seven or eight tables and six groomers, you know, and I'm just like, I have mad respect for somebody who works in a salon because it is so many things going on at one time, but there's two kinds of people though, Alex, there's business owners and there's employees. There's a difference. Right. Not every groomer is a business owner. Just like every, you know, employee isn't a business owner as well. So right. to take that into because I'm a I'm a boss. I mean, no offense, but I own stuff. You know what I mean? Like I couldn't hundred percent. I and I tell I laugh all the time about it, but I tell people I'm like, I started my own business just so I can tell you to F off. Like I'm not interested. You know, I don't I, <laughs> I, this is not my thing. It's my my stuff. You know? Right. Uh, yeah. But, yeah.
0: You know yourself. Well,
1: yeah, right. But when I was in there, I, I was really in awe of the energy transfers because, you know, I'm such a big energy person. I wear my crystals. You know what I mean? I'm I do my Palo Santo. You know, I cleanse the air. I do all the stuff, all the witchy stuff, right? But really, in all honesty, what energy comes down to is the ability to focus, and <clears throat> a lot of uh, neuro, you know, neuro spicy people, neuro, neuro mm-hmm. neurodivergent, right? I am yeah. one, right? No no worries. We are proud, loud and proud now. But uh, neuro-spicy people and neuro-spicy groomers really have an advantage because we get to see more of the entire aura field of this energy because we're seeing no, not just dogs and the people, but everything else. And when I was in the right. salon, I just realized I couldn't do it. I was like, there's, I would, I would be outside like smokestacking or something because I could, I would have so much anxiety. Like I can feel it right now. Because I groom without arms, without nooses, I have no restraints, no muzzles, you know, I don't use anything, right, in my van. Um, So the difference between mobile and salon is tremendous. I mean, they can do many more dogs a day, right, because they have a system. They probably have bathers or whatever. And a lot of mobile groomers do have assistants. Um, Me personally, I drive a very small van is a Ford E 250 that's been converted. So it's a little bit, a little van. So you're touching something of mine if you get in the van, you know what I'm saying? It's either the front or the back, uh, yeah. You're you're picking one. Right, Right. No, I mean,
0: that makes sense. It it, it seems like too. I mean, that's that's also, you know, the the major difference, like it, it is kind of back to that, like hospitality type of feel. It's like, I'm showing up to a boutique you know, boutique stay with a mobile grooming versus if I go to a salon, I'm going to a hotel, right? Yes. It's it's one is much more hospitable. It's all the attention is on my one dog. Every, you know, the aura is all matching just on that one grooming session, right? right? Um, right. Versus versus the, the latter, right? It is
1: customized, um, yes. A, a it's good very
0: customized. Cu-
1: customized, right. And,
0: and, and I like what you said earlier about the quality over quantity. You know, it, and you just made it again with comparing your mobile versus a salon. You know, we know what a salon will see a day. You know, maybe seven or eight per per person. How many dogs do you think you see in your mobile right now? Or, or do you or you set the rules to see in your mobile, right?
1: Well, uh, we do four to six a day.
0: Four to six a day. Okay, yeah, that makes four sense. Four to six a day. And, and it, are you still rocking the seventy five dollar like baseline price? from
1: Absolutely before have we gone up not. from that not. You yeah i was gonna say it. i mean that's yeah. gonna be somewhere now <laughs> no we have a minimum fee of 125 dollars now okay. um so basically to get me out is 105 i haven't raised my prices it's coming up on the beginning of the year so stay tuned um yeah we always do it january february happy happy new year Makes and sense. by the way you know what i mean yeah um Oh yeah. If you pay more for gas this year than you did last year, you're gonna pay more for my services for sure, right? Oh,
0: 100, and the dollar's yeah. going up. So yeah, you might as well you might as well but, do that on a yearly side I, I like that. Are you are you okay? okay.
1: So five, Are you are you driving every anybody pays? Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
0: No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. I was gonna say 105 dollars what anybody pays.
1: Yeah, like if you call me Alex, you're like, hey, got a little pit bull, need his nails clipped. No problem. I don't do just nails clips, but if you want just a nail clip, it's 105 dollars. Like, cause I don't come out Got for it. less than $105, right? Got it, that um, makes sense. 125 for a haircut. So Yorkies, long-haired chihuahuas, little dogs, 20 pounds and under. And I do stick to the 20 pounds and under, except for with doodles. So I'm um, sure this is gonna be a big to- sub- topic of subjects. Uh, the doodle grooms with me, all of them start at 150 $175. It's many, standard.
0: yeah, standards started at 200 I mean, they're hard, they take time, especially the art that you're doing is, it's, it's worth your time if it's that dollar okay are very it makes sense and, and tell so. me yeah go
1: ahead
0: and tell me about this i mean you know typical people i would imagine obviously you get you get customers that are turned off by your pricing which no harm no foul this is not the customers for you but doodle owners especially i would imagine you as a groomer you understand why they're worth so much more money because of the time and care that they that they that their coats take and Do they, you ever have any problems communicating that to the to the dog owners or they they're on board as well?
1: Uh, no, policies and procedures are very important in business. Um, I feel like that my policies and procedures are quite thorough. Um, I have laid it out in my own words, you know, I'm 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 not at all hiding who I am as a business. Um, and my policies right. and procedures are basically introducing you to what you're in store for. It's more like an application, Alex. Right. Yeah, I like, like that. if you I mean it's you all sure about this exclusive it <laughs> it's this
0: exclusive feel. And and I think it it's is. awesome because we've seen it work in you know, if you zoom out from dog grooming, it works in all sorts of different business lines. I mean it's the whole reason that country clubs exist. It's you're paying for this exclusive experience. And so yes. the business owner, you have a responsibility. If you want to charge more, make it seem exclusive. You know, there's not availability open twenty four seven. There's a minimum if you want me to drive out there, no matter what the services are. Oh yes, yes, I will have a two week lead time, like a two week wait time for this sort of stuff, right? There is all these kind of policies and procedures that make it seem exclusive. We take
1: deposits now. I mean, you know, we're doing a fifty percent deposit before the first appointment. Uh, We always have done a one hundred percent charge on a no show. Listen to me. If I drive my van. into your house and you are not there you're paying the fee
0: yeah oh yeah i mean your time is worth that yeah
1: right (laughs) and so it's so funny because people are just in awe they're like oh my god how do you not it it will be the normal i really believe that if groomers continue to for one not allow once a year grooms i feel like that is abuse and i don't care who you are if you allow it you allow it if we were to not allow that to happen, by meaning by turning them away, it would yep. take a number of years, Alex. It really would. I think a decade. myself, I think ten years. But all the people that would do that would eventually learn that this is not how we're going to professionally handle the dog.
0: And I was just about to say, I feel like the big gap here is the education. Is Indeed. have we taken the the you know the thirty seconds that first meeting that dog comes in first time we've ever met this dog and this owner. To explain, hey, good coat care and a good dog owner. It's just four weeks. Every four weeks, every X weeks, right. this this dog deserves care and attention. We have that in our. And policies. if you have a dog, it's. Yeah, I love that. I love we that. And I that right mean, that's way. what you need to do. I have a whole. whole board that expectation. Of Why
1: I require a schedule? The schedule is right. not for me. Right. The schedule's for you and your dog. I love that. It's not. It's not for that. us. It's the. It's the yeah. best way. And,
0: and it's aligning incentives too. It's like if you want your dog to not hate grooming, A, B, you know, have good skin and coat care, all of these good things for you and your dog. It is in all of our best interests that we see them every month.
1: Fluffy doodle people. Let's talk about fluffy doodle people, right? Doodle people want their doodles fluffy. I want a fluffy, scruffy doodle. Cool. Right. You have an appointment every two weeks and you can have whatever haircut you want, babe. Anything you want, I can do it. You know what I mean? I can right. give you two inch legs and a cute little right. fusion body with a little, oh my God, adorable, <laughs> but I'm going to see right. you for 200, two weeks. $200 enough, right? Every two weeks. So yeah. it's a, oh, yeah. a trade off, but the education is first and then comes the decision. You educate them and that. they make the decision. Whatever decision they make determines your business relationship moving forward. It's very simple.
0: 100%. 100%. But, and if they're not on board, you don't want them anyways.
1: Or if you're see this is difficult for me because I'm a very emotional person. Um and I mm-hmm. do love dogs very much. Listen, I would do it for free if I didn't put my business first. I would. But I'm not stupid, all right? This is a business. But this is this is what I like to say about it like everybody who gets really emotional about each dog, just remember the person is controlling the relationship with that dog. Their owner is in control of your relationship with the dog. So if you don't have a proper relationship with the owner and proper communication skills with the owner, then you will not be able to have the relationship with the dog. And I don't know how many groomers I've ever met that are like, oh my God, you know, I just love grooming this dog, no matter what the owner does to me. Well then that's a problem because now you're losing business right? You're, you're losing money, basically. If you spend an extra right. hour grooming a dog and you don't get paid for that hour, you've lost a, an hour of business. It's hard for people to understand. 100%. They want to cuddle. We want to cuddle the puppies, man.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, it's it's detaching that emotion with, you know, hard. logic and business, it right? It's, it's very practice. hard. It's very yep, hard.
1: Practice. It yes. is.
0: Right, right. Um, one other thing that I wanted to you know jump into real quick something that you said earlier that stuck with me is that you go live with most if not all of the dogs I you groom do. in your van I do. why is that a and b you know you have this you have this innate even when we were talking before you have this innate focus on social media and growing that sort of stuff and i'm Absolutely. curious obviously i'm sh- like i'm sure you like it um but i'm curious if it's for more reasons than oh i just like Absolutely. going
1: live so look, well, I mean, I know, can't I give you all us. my secrets, Alex. You're cute, but not <laughs> that cute. Um, no, but I, I'm in the practice of sharing energy, and there is something that happens when I'm live that I, I don't think people can duplicate, and it's only because I am, um, <sighs> I'm, I'm able to be vulnerable and show every side of why I do what I do and I do it on TikTok for specific reasons. I go live everywhere else as well, but I'm on TikTok the most and the reason why I am is because there's more regular people on TikTok than anywhere else. And okay. In general in our industry and what I've seen from being a, you know, an influencing groomer on TikTok, um people just at Hershey, I had people running up to me and grabbing me and saying, "Oh my god, thank you so much for what you do. I was able to raise my prices." Or you know you're amazing whatever they say crazy crazy. Yeah. crazy. right, right, right. No, that's that. awesome. but yeah. I, like, I do it because this industry needs an energy like we need an energy check and i have very high energy so it's easy for me to share i know a lot of groomers that are not they're not able to share right they're too inverted or they're too self-conscious or they're too worried about the dogs yeah. a lot of people ask me oh my god what happens if something happens to the dog honey, nothing has ever happened to any dog in my care. Like, I, you know what I mean? Right. Like it just doesn't happen with me. We don't allow right. it's that not even a thought. space. Yeah, it's It's yeah. like, if you wake up in the morning and say, I'm not gonna trip down the stairs today, man, you're gonna trip down the stairs no matter what you say, you just <laughs> made it happen. You know what I mean? Like it's really right. all mentality. And I, so I, because I'm such an energy practicer um, that's the reason why I like to go live. Cause I like p- for people to love feel that. real, true energy behind what I do.
0: One hundred percent, one hundred percent. I'm sure, you know, it wasn't talked about. I'm sure there is, there's some business savviness behind your social media play as well. Right. Um, which, you know, I'm sure, you know, for the exposure and for all sorts of stuff, we don't, have to, we don't have to go down those secret no. no, no, roads, no. I, but... I mean,
1: I don't, I don't need to be popular. I just need to be felt. Yeah. And right. I, you know, I'm not in it for the followers. Um, people always ask me, oh, well, you don't have that many. I'm like, I'm not in it for the followers. I don't go and do videos just to get followers. I literally yeah. do what I want to do. And I bring people along for the journey. If you want to see how it's happening this is how it goes down. Like right now, when we get yeah. off of this call, I will be live cleaning my van. Cause my van is disgusting. Alex. It's disgusting. I've I got
0: lo- to That's, that's awesome. I'll, I'll have to tune in then.
1: Oh yeah. It's going to be ridiculous. There'll be singing Let's and dirty, dirty well, van stuff.
0: Well, Shannon, we'd love to have you back on. Cause there's, I, I just wrote down while we were just talking there, 20 different directions that I could go with you. I, I'd so love sorry. to dive into the, the energy stuff um, okay. completely, and then dive into a little bit more. You know, kind of, we spent a lot of time, you know, about who you are and how you operate. Um, but I want, obviously, you have a you have a very uh, interesting business IQ when it comes to this stuff. And I'd love to dive a little bit deeper into the business of mobile grooming and Absolutely. you know all that sort of stuff too. So There's that's all i to, to say. We'd love to have you else. back. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And I love your energy too. I, I, I think it goes good life. back and forth Great. here and uh yeah, I I'd love to have you back on. But I really do appreciate you showing out. I'll let you get uh get out and uh get Absolutely. your get your van cleaned. Yes. Right. Thank you so much for joining us for Shannon. We'll, uh, it. yeah, we'll publish this. And lastly, where can people find you, follow you, you know, shout out all your handles so that oh, you get all the, oh all the work.
1: I'm such an old lady. Uh, Shannon whining's Roberts on Facebook. Um, I am Shannon whining's on Instagram and mobile grooming underscore queen on TikTok.
0: Lovely. Thank you so much, Shannon. Appreciate <laughs> yep.
1: it. Have a good one.
0: Have a good one.